Good morning and welcome to another episode of The Crownsman Show. This is episode 45 and today we are joined by Crystal Dealman. She is the owner of Transworld Manufacturing Company. Transworld Manufacturing is the company between the crane manufacturer and the crane operators. In this episode, we will discuss the design, engineering, and manufacturing of their specialized boom dollies, spreader bars, engineered lifting beams, spreader bars end cap, and outrigger mats. But before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsors, PowerZone Equipment. When you need a specialized team of world-class engineers for your oil and gas pipelines, dewatering, or any fluid handling needs, you want to visit PowerZone Equipment. In addition to their inventory of rebuilt pumps, motors, engines, they also have an amazing team to design and engineer your systems, no matter the challenge, no matter the location. You can visit them at powerzone.com. Get in the zone with PowerZone. Lampson International. Lampson International is a third-generation family-owned and operated heavy lift and heavy haul construction company with branch offices located throughout North America, Canada, and Australia. Lampson International offers conventional crane rental, um, heavy transportation, project engineering, and customized rigging, steel and timber mat rental, as well as marine and manufacturing services. They were founded in 1946 by Neil and Billy Jane Lampson. Uh, the company is in their 73rd year of doing business. You can visit them at lampsoncrane.com. Whipware. Whipware's photo analysis software systems help industries from mining, quarries, aggregate, forestry, agriculture, coal, and explosives remove the need to use manual sieving techniques. Their technologies have saved clients millions in energy costs, maintenance costs, process optimization, quality control, lost time injuries, equipment downtime, and quantitative decisions. And you can find out more at whipware.com. Now, let's get on with episode 45 and Jared and Crystal Dealman. Welcome back. We're already on episode 45. We are pumping out the episodes right now. Um, everybody's at home, and so we want to share lots of content, keep you connected with the industry, so that's what we're doing. Today on the show, we have from Las Vegas joining us, um, the owner of Transworld Manufacturing, Crystal Dealman. Um, and so it's going to be an interesting because they are – We've had uh, crane companies, we've had heavy haul companies, but then what Transworld is doing is they're doing design, engineering, and the manufacturing for the heavy lift and haul industry. So thanks for coming on the show, uh, Crystal. It's good to have you on. Thanks for having me. What's, I, I have to ask, um, th this might air a little bit after, maybe things will be a little bit back to normal by the time it does, but what, what are things like out in Las Vegas right now? I mean, we've seen the pictures from there. Yeah, everything is locked down. I mean, I'm, as you can see, I'm at home. <laughs> the yeah. strip is, has never before shut and it's closed right now. It's just, it's very strange, actually. Very crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even local, is that, is it shut off? Like, is the strip, are you even allowed to go there or how does that work? Do you know? Um, I mean, you can like drive by it, but there's a lot of cops. They've had to board up uh, the casinos because I mean, they've literally yeah. never closed, right? Like, I, mean, I read something like one casino, like, didn't even have a key because they've never had to lock the door. <laughs> so they have to get a locksmith. <laughs> it's like the old janitor from like 40 years ago. They had to find right. him. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's probably true. Yeah. I mean, I guess they never close, right? Like ever. Never. Yeah. Never. Wow. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny because you're, you're a third generation in the, the heavy haul industry. Um, 
didn't your company or your your father's company or something actually put up the Stardust sign or, or something like that? Yeah, um, my family built most of the strip. I mean, we've my grandfather started the first crane business uh, here in Vegas in 1948. So oh, wow. we've been involved in some of the, I mean, all, you know, we've built Vegas in one, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> not a lot of people, not a lot of people can say that. Um, yeah, we, you said there's some pictures on your Instagram. Uh, we don't usually do it, but what, what is your Instagram handle for the company? Do you have a company one? Yes. Yeah. It's called Transworld MC. Yeah, Trans that's pretty cool. We're, we're going to steal that picture off the Stardust picture off your Instagram and get that uh, so the audience can see. That's pretty cool. Um, and so for you then, now you go into the design, engineering, manufacturing, you come out of that business. What sort of made you go into that? Um, was there an opportunity in the industry that you saw that there was a demand? Um, why did you go into the manufacturing side? Um, definitely. I mean, my family had always built everything we needed um, to mobilize our cranes to do, you know, special lifting. Um, and we, we started doing that back when we didn't know anyone else that did that. Um, mm. And then just over the years, like people started contacting us to buy, you know, specialized trailers like the boom dollies we make or spreader bars, let's say, um, you know, and then it, you know, it just, it made sense to make it like a standalone manufacturing company. Right. Yeah, I've seen some of the pictures. There was one that's uh, you. It, it's it's a, a tank, and I I'm not obviously a lift expert, so you could you, we'll bring it up on the screen, and the audience can see it. But it's basically it's, it looks like an older picture, and there's just looks like a giant tank, and then two uh, lifts on either either end. Um, that's that was by your company or your your family's company. Yeah, that's um, that's a transportation system we built uh, in the '80s, um, and we've. I mean, it would just, it, it, what you're looking at is actually an autoclave, which is something used for gold mining. I don't, I don't mm. even know what an autoclave does, but they're really heavy. <laughs> they weigh 700,000 pounds. I um, should know. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, find out. Next podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we had to figure out a way to transport it. Um, and it's, yeah, the picture you're talking about is, yeah, it was, for the time, it was quite a feat. Yeah. So, so you're did, so now you, so you'd actually had experience when you moved into this and you're having your own company, you'd had experience and you knew about the manufacturing side already then. Um, a little bit. I mean, yeah. Cause my family had like a crane rental business and we, you know, we did some heavy haul. Um, and that's kind of like the environment I grew up in. Um, and we, you know, we made what we needed and then, you know, people knew we made that and they would buy it from us here and there, but it wasn't, it wasn't ever its own business. Oh, I see. Um, so oh, so then you, you really put it into it being its own company then. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun because, you know, instead of, you know, doing crane rental projects here, which are fun. I mean, as a manufacturer, I get to talk to crane people everywhere, which is a fun thing to do. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, originally, I think you were going to be on our show. Uh, oh, sorry, scraping on the mic. The uh, Originally, I think you were going to come on our show and try to coordinate it with another event you were coming to in Vancouver or something, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. I was supposed to do this in, uh, in June uh, with the Crane Rental Association of Canada has their annual, well, they were having their annual um, meeting Vancouver this year, but I don't know if you've ever checked out a, a crack meeting, but they're a lot of fun. 
Well, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm hinting for an invite. That's 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 how I, we do it on the yeah, show. Yeah, whenever they get started again. The, time. Yeah. <laughs> the um, but you've traveled quite a bit. Or you've you've been over. You you mentioned before the show. You I think PEI. You've been up to as part of that. What what is that organization? Just quickly. <clears throat> so. uh, the Crane Rental Association of Canada is just an organization of all of crane owners in Canada, essentially. Um, you know, they Canada has their own organization. The U.S. has has one. It's um, it's pretty international. Um, and between the two, I I do travel quite a bit uh, throughout North America. Last year, I got to go to Australia for some crane high level crane meetings. So I I can't complain. I mean, it's. Really, it's a very a interesting great job. industry. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I really, I'm kind of fascinated by the heavy haul industry because it's. <clears throat> excuse me, got a tickle. Um, it's very interesting because it's one of those industries that touches so many, right? It, it, it's there's you know there's municipal mining, energy, all of that, and I, I want to understand with you on the manufacturing for sort of putting you know you're designing, you're engineering, you're doing the manufacturing. Who is your actual customer? Um, who, who, whose name is on the check when you sell a product? <laughs> uh, normally, like the crane owners, so the end users, people that okay. buy cranes and rent them. Um, so they bought them work- from a manufacturer then? Right. But we do work right. closely with the manufacturers, and sometimes we do do sales through the manufacturer or maybe oh, okay. through one of their dealers or maybe through a broker. So, um I guess, I mean, we have to work with everybody. Um, but generally the person that, you know, operates the crane is the person that, you know, purchases the boom belly. So, so what, what's happened? So a couple of different scenarios and just to clarify is you would either that a, a manufacturer knows you can build this specific, um, it, is attachment the right word for that? Uh, well, yeah, we're talking about boom dollies right now. So that's, right, a, yeah. that's like a trailer that goes on the, um, you know, a crane boom, if you put the boom over the back, it, yeah. it uh, spreads the weight of the crane over more space and more axles. Because here in North America, we have different bridge and weight laws in every province in Canada and every state in the US. And in, a, in Europe, where most of the cranes come from, you know, they can run at 12 tons an axle. And that's what the designs, oh. the cranes are designed to. So, be, and so then when the manufacturers make these cranes and they sell them here, they're like, you guys figure out you know, we didn't make, you know, 63 different sets of laws on how to oh, drive Oh, I see. Right. So, um, so they're like, we're going to sell you the crane and then you need to figure out how to get it from point A to, to point B, essentially. Because you're dealing, so you're dealing with laws. So, so you're dealing with laws by state, by province, if you're in Canada. So the end users, they bought their crane. Now, of course, the crane manufacturer, they have their specs, but then the municipality or the, the, the I think it's, do you have the Department of Transportation in the U.S.? Is that the right one? Yeah. So, then, and yeah, and, then, and every state has their own. Right. So, so then you have to, if they've got to get it across multiple states, you have to then design something that is good for each state. Right. Yeah. So somebody will call me and they'll say, I bought, you know, a specific type of crane. And then I will say, well, how do you have that configured? I mean, cause cranes, you know, like, just like when you order a car, yeah. um, they'll have different, you know, wheel sizes and drives and different options, you know, hydraulic jib versus a manual. I mean, all of it, it changes the weights of the configuration. Um, And so once we figure out how that crane is configured, then we ask, um, you know, what states, 
you know, this end user. It might be, if, you know, there's some crane companies that work, you know, throughout North America and there's some that maybe work in within three or four states. And then we kind of pick the most strict one and work backwards from there. Oh, I see. Yeah. No, and I'm, I'm just curious, it's my own curiosity on this one, but when you started the company, I think you started 2015, is that right? Yep. When you started that, did you, did you anticipate all that? Had you already had some experience in, in all that? Or did some of that ha- dealing with all those from state to state in Canada, province to province, was that, did, was that sort of a, any, any surprise of what you had to kind of go through just to get the crane across those lines? Uh, No, I mean, that's, you know, we knew what we were getting into. um, And the reason that, you know, this was one of the reasons that it is a viable business is because, um, you know, in Las Vegas, we're less than 30 minutes from the California border. And California is one of the most strict states, as Mm -hmm. far as bridge and weight laws in the United States. So, you know, back in, you know, starting the 60s, um, we had to, we knew that if we can figure out how to mobilize our cranes to and from California, that we'd have a competitive edge. Uh, so that's what we do. And so that's, we kind of figured out how to make things work uh, in California and then, um, you know, should work through most of the West and well, most of the U S so. Did, um, so are you dealing, I'm just, I'm just curious when you do, are most of those um, when you're, the specs are coming are obviously going to come from the manufacturer. The customer has a need. Is it pretty clearly laid out what those to get across the lines? Like it for, um, have, do they have it all covered? Like in California, is there somewhere where you go and you can actually read through all that information and you know exactly what you need to do or, or does it, do you have to adapt um, as the projects come at you? Oh, I, I wish that. I mean, every, most departments have the information on a website, but mm-hmm. it's so complicated. I mean, every, every place has their own fun way of calculating what's allowed and what's not allowed. Yeah. Um, I mean, California is kind of nice because at least when like you weigh a crane out, they have a very specific method for doing it. You know, you mm-hmm. have to get jump scales and you put you know the jump scale on the outside tire, not the inside tire and you relevel the suspension and you take the weight. Um, whereas in other places you kind of like drive over a scale, stop, and then drive forward a little stop. And it's like, well, that's mm-hmm. sort of weighed out. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's very, um, you know, and then the way of, there are some places that, you know, between one axle and the next, they can only be within, I think 10% of the weight or something. I mean, it's just, it's very, it's all across the board as far as what's legal and what's not legal in, in different places. Wow. And then, and like you said, then you got European cranes coming over and they're just essentially going, well, here you go. Here's the crane. Now you figure it out. So it, it's all right. that component <laughs> of it as well. It's, it's very interesting actually to me because I mean, transportation is, is, I mean, it's a key factor in a lot of people's companies. So to that you're sort of right in that line of, of getting these, these projects underway. Um, I wanted to clarify what, what all are you covering? You said about the boom dolly. So can you give sort of a broad range, sort of a, a you know, a cap of what that, a recap of what that is, uh, the boom dollies and sort of the size range and things like that that you're building? Right. Um, yeah. So a boom dolly is most, is primarily used on all-terrain cranes, some truck cranes, mm. so mobile cranes, cranes with wheels, right? essentially. Um, and then, you know, to, in, in, 
it's to add more, um, to spread the weight out over more space. Um, so a lot of like the smaller cranes, maybe you don't need it, right? Um, and then up until probably the largest dollyable crane is um, seven axles, um, up to 200,000 pounds. Um, I mean, it just depends on how you can break the crane down too, because there's mm -hmm, parts that can right. come off the crane that can go onto another trailer. Um, and some you're allowed to leave on depending on where you are. Um, some cranes have like pressurized cylinders that like push down on the wow. dolly. Um, it's, I mean, there's just, there's so many options and configurations uh, for curious. all this. Uh, so you, to get, to get the boom dolly there, you must be then delivering that. So the crane lands, let's say it's a European crane, it's coming on, um, it's getting shipped over, it lands at a port, and then you're bringing the boom dolly to the port. Is that that's the system I would assume, or are they breaking the crane down, they bring it in pieces to you, or, or how does the logistics of that work? Um, oftentimes, yeah, we'll deliver to a port. Um, sometimes they'll deliver to maybe the customer's yard or maybe the manufacturer has a, you know, a, a yard here, like through a dealer or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it just depends on what stage the crane is in, right? If it's brand new, like they want to kind of go through it after it's gotten off a boat and make sure right. everything works. Um, but it, you know, if it's a used crane, then it'll just be moved from one yard to another, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it depends if yeah the new or used or and the uh, and I want to cover a little bit about you know bars, beams, mats. Uh, just quickly, just just what are they? What you offer in that in that segment? Yep. Um, so we do a lot of spreader bars, and we do. I mean, spreader bars are also very really varied, right? I mean, you have these right. little like, telescoping bars that kind of you know open in and close up a little bit. Um, also to, to kind of displace the weight of whatever you're picking up to pick it up in a more even fashion, let's say. Yeah. Um, and then we make all the way up to like the big uh, uh, spreader bars, like for tilt up, concrete tilt up construction. Um, you so put a you'll have- those in, right? Yeah, I sent you one. Yeah, it's, um, okay, yeah. it's 45 feet long and from eye to eye, so 45 feet, it'll lift a hundred yeah. tons. Wow. Um, from sing from one single point. So, um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like, it's so big. It was hard to even just get it all in the, in the picture, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So you're building, so there's a crane assembly and then I, I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's sometimes tough for the people I'm interviewing cause I, I should know these things. So which is the part in this picture? This is the big, uh, tall white crane tower, right? Now, which is the part that you're building? Is that that piece on the, the bottom, that sort of... Um, yeah, that the triangular yeah. piece on the bottom is what we built. That picture I sent you is, is us load testing it. So we had to proof mm -hmm. test that to 125% right. uh, from you know, the single point to make sure that it'll, it'll be able to lift when it needs to lift. Okay. And then, and then, uh, then the mats, uh, what, what is that? Uh, um, those are just outrigger mats. Yeah. yeah. Um, so everybody, you know, every job site has its own ground pressure uh, bearing requirements. And basically, you know, if there's, you know, a box underneath uh, the ground or a sewer or something, and you squirt your cranes outriggers out and you, you know, try to do a maximum pick, um, those outrigger pads are only, you know, a couple feet in diameter. And so oftentimes you're required to put some type of uh, right. wood or steel mat underneath that so you don't just like you know poke through the asphalt or wherever you are 
So, so out of all your business, then the boom dollies, the bars, and building the mats, is it all pretty even, or do you have sort of a primary where where you sort of thrive as a company? Uh, we definitely spend a lot more time on cranes tra- and crane transportation with the boom dollies, yeah. and we have some other products in development um, that we're working on getting out to the market. Like, for instance, um, you know, a lot of like I said, the you know, you can you can dolly cranes up to you know five hundred tons, give or take, depending on the manufacturer, the configuration, where it's going, all that. Um, but beyond that, I mean, cranes are getting bigger. The things they pick are mm-hmm. getting bigger. Um, you know, it's becoming more and more common to buy a 600 ton crane. I mean, it's, you know, mobile, it's mobile that can drive around. <laughs> um, yeah. And for something like that, you actually have to launch the boom off the crane carrier onto another uh, trailer. Um, right. So we've got, yes, yeah, so we've got like, it's, those are called boom launches and they're like, oh yeah, times I saw cooler. That. yeah, they're yeah. like a hundred times cooler than boom dollies because you don't just like connect it and drive. You actually have to launch it onto another wow. special trailer and then launch it back onto the crane when you're ready to do work. So you're actually designing and developing the boom launch right now? Yep. Yeah. We've been working on it um, for a couple of months now and we're working on kind of like a, Worst case scenario, like the heaviest boom with all of the, right. you know, the boom cylinders, you know, Y guys, everything on it. Um, and we're working back from the most strict place we can find. Uh, so it'll be able to work through most of the United States and Canada. It must be pretty satisfying. You know, you're starting a, a company in 2015, um, you know, so it's a very new company. But to be able to work in these types of projects, that must be quite uh gratifying to see that um you know just being su- such a new company already developing i think you've got uh i saw a note here you've got i think it's the lightest on the market correct me if i say anything wrong but you've got a new boom dolly that's lighter than anybody else has and things like that is that is that i mean what is that you you just you're always looking for for something new something better uh just is that just the way you approach things yeah i mean we want to be we want to make the best products possible, right? I mean, we were end users, like we were who we're selling to. So we have, we feel we have kind of a leg up in that sense. Um, but for a while, um, it became apparent that um, if we were to able to, you know, create a lighter product, you know, this is an industry that's obsessed with weight, right? In yes. one way or another. So if we were able to create a lighter product, we, would, we were able to like legally transport cranes in certain areas. Um, so I think, yeah, I sent a picture where um, we were able to legal some new crane models in the Pacific Northwest, which is, you know, also a very strict place. Um, you know, there's a lot of bridges. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we were able to, you know, help those customers by being able to offer them a boom dolly uh, solution rather than having to remove the boom from the crane in order right. to mobilize to a job site. So just, you know, over, you know, seven, 10 years, it really, it saves them a lot of time and money. Right. And now do you get business from, is it one of those things that when you, when you build, you know, you have the lightest boom dolly and, and so you have that set up, then do you find you start getting referrals just from people knowing someone that knows someone that worked with you? Uh, do, do you, are you already starting to see that at that four or five year point in the company? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a, it's, it's, it's kind of a small industry, you know, there's only mm-hmm. so many crane enthusiasts on the planet, but we all we all find each other we all get to know each other so that's one of the things that's a lot of fun about it 
You know, the other one I wanted to talk about is the, uh, I'm going to take a crack at saying it's Schnabel Systems. Yes, yeah. Is that, the, what, that, that, I feel, that you said something about there's actually a, that's sort of a historical thing for you from your family, but now you're sort of bringing it back. Can you explain? I, I never even heard the word before, let alone know what it was. So can you, just from the ground up, can you talk about what that, what that is? Yeah, well, so fun fact, I recently learned that schnabel in German means like mouth or beak. Um, I didn't, I've all these years I've heard the name schnabel and I've been like, what does it mean? But you know, it's like, how did we come up with this? And I just learned that like a week ago. So (laughs) 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 yeah, um, but yeah, it's neat because um, you can take, so this is for a different type of crane. It's for a Mm -hmm. rough terrain crane and they have, they typically have like really large wheels that aren't um, road legal. Um, so normally how those cranes are transferred, you drive them up on a trailer and then right. you, know, you pay somebody a lot. Well, a lot, some people have their own heavy haul, but some people actually have to contract that out to get their crane to the job site. Um, yeah. But with our, we're able to put a, like basically put a gooseneck on the front of that and mm-hmm. a Jeep on the back. And then the crane is able to kind of transport itself uh, around. So you kind and of, you don't so lose you all lose, that height. Yeah, yeah, right? you lose, exactly. You 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 lose the height and the weight of the trailer bed, um, and it's also you know it's like one of the most unsafe times, right? Is when you're t- putting something on or taking something off yeah. the trailer. So, yeah, why is this not? I, I haven't actually seen a lot of these before. Is uh, is there a reason they they aren't more popular, or or do you think they're going to become more popular in the market as you start to release them? Yeah, they're pretty rare right now. Um, we're working on. Um, some ideas that'll make them more popular because they do, it makes a lot of sense um, in certain situations to use that. Um, So I don't know, we'll see. I mean, before, I think my family started building them in the early nineties and just, you know, for ourselves, for a couple other people and like we're still in touch with those people and they're using those systems daily almost still. Um, and what's nice about it is it creates their, it makes their rough terrain crane into almost like a mobile, like taxi crane. And yeah. those cranes type, you know, can lift more, you know, than the, you know, maybe their altering counterpart. Um, right. So it's, you know, it's very work wise. Um, but just the problem with it is that, you know, you have all these different, you have different manufacturers and like they've grown less and less comfortable with having other people weld things onto right. the crane yeah um so that's you know one of the hurdles but we're we've got a workaround for that um and yeah it should be it just should be more you know you have to work with a person and the manufacturer again and everybody has to be comfortable with how you're going to clamp on and use it yeah. right <laughs> yeah that's yeah i was trying to think and of, of course you, you would know but i looked at it, i thought that's such an amazing idea that and why wouldn't everybody do that but yeah because uh, if 10 different manufacturers you've got to rig it out so that it can actually fit on all 10 different and safely and and cost right. effective and everything like that right right and yeah one of the arguments is like well you know you could just buy a trailer and you can mm-hmm. um just depending on what your fleet mix is yeah well yeah this is a lot cooler (laughs) (laughs) but i mean but if you have like a a big fleet of rts and and a lot of people do 
Um, mm. In theory, you can buy one system and clamp onto multiple, you know, like some manufacturers will use the same like chassis design for like maybe like three models or something. So if you right. have a few, you can use the same system for multiple cranes. And, and RTs typically, you know, when they drive to the job site, you know, they might sit there for a few months. So, you know, it might make sense to put it on like your schnabel and, and, you, and, and, and in doing so and, and cutting out the trailer bed and everything you mm. lose, you know, a lot of times you lose axles too. So like, you don't, yeah. you know, like a, a lot of, it takes like a really skilled person to drive like a nine axle, but then there's like a bunch more people that are able to drive like five axles. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. That's so interesting. I, I hope this, uh, it, well, there's a couple things. I hope it does well for you. And the other thing that I hope it does is that you take some video. So next time you're on the show, yeah. we can actually show it working and doing one of those, right, uh, do, do one of those time lapse so that we can see it getting assembled and everything like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, again, going back to that, that third generation. And I, it's, I mean, it's, it's not easy in this to enter into the heavy industry market. Um, you know, even if you've got a good product and you've got good experience, and I mean, it's, there's a lot of challenges associated with it. So for you, what made you want to, what, what made you go, no, I, I want to, uh, I want to go out on my own, start this company you know, introduce schnobbles, get the new, the lightest new boom lift, uh, boom dolly and, and do all these things. What's sort of that driving motivation for you? Um, I've, I've always loved it. You know, I grew up, uh, you know, working at a crane service, crane rental business. Um, and that's just, you know, my, my dad worked a lot and my grandfather worked a lot and that's, you know, Saturdays we'd go in and, you know, do yard walks and, Mm -hmm. I don't know. My, my brother is a chef. He just, he never wanted to do any of this. So. <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun, you know, I mean, a lot of people, um, because I am third generation and, and I think the crane industry is very much a, like it, generations do it, right. You do this mm -hmm. because your father do it. You, your father did it. And, and that's how, you know, a lot of people join the industry. Um, yeah. But for me, it's been a lot of fun because, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing service. I'm doing manufacturing. So I'm able to travel and, and talk to people and everywhere I go, there's a crane company, you know, I mean, even if I'm, yeah. you know, on a vacation with friends, it's like, hold on, I want to visit this business and just say hi to them. I've never met them, but I know I have a built in friends wherever I go. It, so. it, do you enjoy that part of it? The, you know, some people like more the operational side. Some people like the networking side. Some people do not like the networking side. They do it because yeah. they have to. For, for you, do you enjoy it? Like when you walk into a new company, you're in Vancouver and you stop by and see someone you've never met and you try to build that rapport. Do you enjoy that? Is it natural or have you developed it? Oh, I, I love it. I mean, just oh, do you? especially, yeah, especially getting my favorite is touring other people's yards Mm -hmm. um because it's like in one sense it's like we're all so you know we're all so similar but then it's like when you do it you kind of like you notice things that um you know you notice things that people do like little fixes they've done or maybe yeah. in that region like something different is required and i actually i learn a lot by walking yards and talking to people and i'm, I'm also more like a visual person i have to like see it yeah um you know, we sit and we have all these engineering meetings where we're like t discussing these concepts. And mm -hmm. for me, I, it's, I'm a lot better if I'm in a yard looking at something. So 
And half time, yeah. the concept is only half of what it ends up being anyway. So it's funny you said about walking the yards, you know, and that, and I, th- this is, uh, you know, these little personal thing for me is I, I'm always, when I go out and like, let's say I meet up with a group of friends for dinner or something, I'm actually not very comfortable after about two or more people. I'm, I, it's just not the most comfortable place for me, but I find with business, I always have a reason to be there. So if I'm at someone's yard, I'm seeing their equipment or I'm looking at what they do or how they built the company or figuring out what our, our need we could fill the need that we could fill for them. It's so, I find it so much more enjoyable. Actually, some people find that stressful. I find it more relaxing <laughs> to yeah. actually have something yeah. to do with somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Show me that equipment and <laughs> tell me how that works. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to manufacture a friendship. We can talk about this thing. Yeah. That's actually yeah. There. <laughs> yeah um, when you started it, um, you know, with that experience, I mean, were there things that just you weren't anticipating being a challenge or that you saw, oh, I'm sure glad I had that experience from before um, because I wouldn't have been able to deal with this? Uh, were there sort of those surprises that came at you from starting your own business like this? Um, I don't know. I mean, because I've already, I've, I've been in the crane industry. Yeah. Um, in one way or another. So I think... I had, I had a decent idea of what I was getting into at least, but it, it has been different kind of, you know, because I grew up in, you know, as like in a service business and then, mm-hmm. you know, becoming like a manufacturer, is just kind of a different, um, you know, it's, it's been a little bit different to kind of transform from one to the other. Is, is there anything tangible that you see as a difference that when you're dealing with a rental, let's say it's a crane rental, so that someone's coming and they need a lift, so you do have the right crane. It must be a very different relationship than when you're trying to sell someone a schnabel system, right? I mean, there, there must be a completely different set of communication, though, that happens in that setup. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we sell little things like just, you know, like the little spreader bars or the you know, outrigger mats, like, you know, someone will say, I need a five by seven outrigger mat. And you're like, okay, here you go. Whereas like, you know, a boom dolly or some of this more sophisticated transportation equipment, um, you know, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of uh, just checking and double checking uh, that kind of goes into it. Because if if you miss something and then somebody Mm -hmm. just spent all this money on something that doesn't, can't legally drive anywhere, you know, and and when, when they order them, it's like, you know, they'll, they'll order them and then they'll, you know, be on the water and they'll like get it all ready. And then since they know it's coming, I mean, they start booking jobs for it like right away. So we are, our time, our timing is like, it's like, we have to get there, hook up and then almost be ready to go. Um, which is a little bit challenging, you know, because a lot of times, you know, it's like you have a crane in a certain configuration and a dolly and whatever configuration it needs to be. I mean, the same crane might take, completely different dollies across the country, depending on where it's being used. Um, and a lot of times, you know, there's, there's no way to test that configuration before right. you actually put it together, <laughs> you know, the day before it's supposed to go to some jobs. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit. What about, <laughs> what about the team? You know, you've built, obviously there's multiple people that, that you, you, uh, have employed to do that you know just and i mean there's there's no doubt about it there is going to be people watching this episode that have seen you know your you've started your own company you have experience and some people um you know 
it's been very consistent with people on our show that they've had experience before. And I would say to people watching the show, take that, take note of that. Be careful jumping into something you don't even know the industry because someone like you, you'll be competing against someone like you who's that you're new, but you understand the industry well, and you're obviously going to be very competitive, but is it, how do you, you now you're leading a team that you're, you're, you're the boss. How do you, but make sure your team stays motivated, but also make sure your team, you know, they, the projects are done on time. The communication is with the customer is strong. How do you sort of navigate that while you're still building relationships with new customers and that there's a lot of moving parts to what you do. Um, how do you navigate through that? Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that is, it's a lot. I mean, I have, um, I have a really great operations manager that's uh, been with my family for decades. I mean, he's literally built hundreds of boom dollies. I mean, he was there for like the evolution of, cause there's been an evolution of the products too. It's like, you know, you try yes. something and then you, you know, we were able to, you know, operationally test prove our own products with our own fleet for a long time. Um, you know, and then you learn things and you change it and then you try it again and then you change something else. And so for over the, over the years, um, you know, we've learned a lot basically. Um, so in order, and so in order to retain, you know, some of the people that have been with us through that, um, that's been really helpful. Um, because yeah, normally when it's not a pandemic, I'm, I am normally traveling and yeah, you know, it's, it's all strange. Right now, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's interesting though. And it's, it's, it's funny because you, uh, basically you started the company with experience and then you got someone, you said your chief, uh, your operations manager, you said, has even even extra experience. So you're essentially building your, your company from, from experience. And if you, what would be advice, you know, if someone, someone watching this going, you know, I, I want to start a company. If you could give them a piece of advice or a warning or a thing to do, I mean, what, what would it be? You know, would it be to have your financing in place? Would it be to build the right team, you know, get experience in the industry or just for you, what would it be that you'd say, make sure you have a few of these things in place before you, you know, make such a big decision to start a company? Right. Um, I think, I mean, I think all of that, what you said is really important. Um, I think um, just having a good idea of what, what it is you want to do. Right. And Mm. I think, um, yeah, any experience you can get, like whether it be, you know, working for a company or even just, you know, joining the organizations and getting to know people. Um, I mean, it, it's like, it's, it's a small industry and everyone's really friendly. And even though people compete with each other, like everyone yeah. is, is just very friendly. I mean, I like, when I don't understand things, I just ask, you know, I mean, I, I've, and I'm not I afraid to ask. I want to be in your industry. Right. I ask like, <laughs> so many dumb questions, like all the time. And everyone's, you know, happy to share knowledge. I mean, that's what's, what's nice about it um, is because there are all kinds of new, you know, situations that come up um, and just to be able to call somebody and, and say, you know, how do you deal with this? Um, yeah. I think that's been a huge help to me is just, you know, being able to talk to people and, you know. Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> I mean, people, people are willing to share knowledge. That's, you know, and that's, that's the thing. It's, I think it's so important. I mean, I, I can't, Pretty much, I'd say 90% of the decisions we've made over this company over the last year have been a nugget from somebody else. Sometimes it has no idea about our business, but just understand something, a way to communicate or something like that. And I was, I was curious about one other thing. We didn't really talk about this in the pre-interview, so it, you know, we might not get into it that much. But 
by the industries that you serve, now you're dealing with the, the person who's operating the crane. Now cranes, of course, are operating, like we said, you know, they're municipalities, um, mining, construction, uh, energy. So are you, now generally, do you, are you taking into account the industry they're in or are they very specific that they need this product or they need it moved? Do you really have to deal with it as from an industry perspective or is it pretty much straight to the crane user that you're, you're dealing directly? Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, we definitely take into consideration, uh, you know, what people are going to be doing with the product. Um, like for instance, in the, in the boom launch development, um, you know, that the crane that we're designing that boom launcher for, um, the two main areas it's, it's being used is, you know, on wind turbine construction mm, and, right. uh, and tall uh, towers, skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. So you have two completely different, you know, areas that this product has to work in. Like the same product has to be able to go and like, you know, traverse through muddy cornfields at the same time, it needs to be able to, you know, negotiate the turn like in a very congested city. So we have to, yeah, we do have to talk to the end user and say, well, how are you going to be using this? You know, what's, you know, if, if you're going to be launching a, a crane boom in a, you know, in a field, you know, you have to somehow like level yourself. Whereas, you know, in the city, you won't have that same issue. You're going to have a level ground, but you know, who knows what, route you're gonna to have to take to get to exactly where you need right. to go you know between you know other traffic and pedestrians and road closures and everything yeah. so I, I certainly don't want you to call out any of your customers but if you ever do you have any of those customers that they like they've got the thing that they want where they want to get it to and you're just like oh no come <laughs> you need that they just have no they just do not realize at all what it's actually going to take you must have a few of those Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody <laughs> wants their cake and they want to eat it too. Right. They're like, yeah, they're yeah. like, I want, yeah, I want to carry all the weights and get there with you know, on one axle and yeah. <laughs> just snap my fingers. And <laughs> well, it's, we you know, it's, best, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, and you were, you were recommended, uh, you know, another guest on the show and I'm always, you know, never quite know if I should call out names or, and, and that or not, but uh, you were recommended as a guest because of the work you're doing in the industry. Um, it's, it's a very interesting company because like I said at the beginning of the show, you, you fall into this little niche that we have because we've had Crane, we just had Heavy Hall, and now you're, you're the one that sort of connects those two. It's very interesting. That it's the timing of having you on the show too, so I'm glad you could come on. Thanks for having me, yeah. Uh, um, and come on again, but next time you'll hopefully you'll actually be uh, able to come into our studio. I would love uh, that. And, <laughs> we can, and check out Vancouver. So, uh, yeah, I <laughs> hope you stay safe and healthy and all, all that. I was hoping, I was really hoping your dogs would run into the to the frame again. But you, yeah, no, I hit them. But... <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting and waiting. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Crystal, for coming off the show. Um, I'm going to talk to the camera for a second uh, so you can just ignore me. But thank you very for coming, coming on, and uh, I hope you had fun. Awesome. I did. Thanks a lot. This is great. Well, thank you for watching the show. Uh, it was great to have Crystal, Crystal on. I've said it a couple of times, but I'll say it again. Uh, it was, it's, it's nice kind of filling, filling in the gaps when you do multiple shows in, in a heavy haul, across the heavy haul industry. We're sort of filling out the gaps. So I'd like to, we'll probably put a little series together somewhere on our website so you can kind of watch all three 
um, Nickel Brothers, Lampson, um, and, and now uh, Transworld coming on. Uh, so we'll put those together in a little group for you because it'll be quite interesting. And that's on crownsman.com. I'm going to throw it back over to Gowdy to wrap up the show. Thank you very much for watching and stay safe. And if you're watching after COVID, um, I hope your business is back running strong and prosperous. Thank you very much. Thank you for watching. Please subscribe and follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, you can also listen to the, uh, the show wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you are a dedicated fan and watch every episode or you have a favorite industry that you love to follow and would like to help support the production of The Crownsman Show, then please head on over to crownsman.com forward slash donations. Um, we have set up two initial donations um, or donation options. Uh, the first one is the five buck monthly subscription option. And the second is the support heavy industry one time donation. This is all through PayPal. Again, thank you so much for your support and you can head on to donate at crownsman.com forward slash donations.